The Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 9. Coaches on today's show, I have Coach Brett Myers. Coach Myers, he had he was the head football coach at Pottstown High School for six years. Moved on, became the head football coach at Middletown High School. He was there for eight seasons. Coach Myers is now he's, he's a free agent. He's uh, he's he, he took an administrator position at Twin Valley, um, where his son was was going to be the starting quarterback this season as a freshman. So he, he stepped away from the game so he could watch his sh- uh, his son play. Um, but I got him on the show today. And um, I, I kind of, uh, being in the college game, I didn't see the buck sweep a ton. I saw it early on. Um, I saw it in my playing days when I played in high school and in college and then kind of early on in my coaching days. But then it kind of went away. And I just saw it a ton this year. At Lower Dolphin, we ran it under Coach Andy English. The, our offense ran it, and it's it's a great football play. But 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 I saw Coach Myers' offense do it at Middletown and do it with success. I saw other coordinators around the area talk about Coach Myers, so I wanted to get on him on the show and talk just talk Buck Sweep. Coach Myers, welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a, you know an honor to be here, and it's a. Uh, Exciting to get back talking a little bit of ball and, you know, nothing better than talking maybe the, the best play in high school sports, you know, where all 11 guys got a job to do. Well, before we before we even started recording here, Coach Myers and I kind of went 10 minutes and, we, and talked about – I talked about what I kind of just told everybody my background. And then he, he kind of talked about how it came about. Coach, if you can kind of t- give me that origin story again, that would be awesome. Yep. If you could start there and, and then yep. roll from from there. Yeah, well, you know, growing up in Middletown, Middletown was a wing T town, and you know, under you know Dennis Setsy, they had a ton of success, and we were traditional wing T growing up. And when I got back into coaching, I was lucky enough to coach with Coach Etsy, and we we're traditional wing with buck sweep, counter crisscross, power, ISO, and if we got really exciting and and you know over the top, we went trips and ran a trap. So, uh, you know, when when I got the opportunity to be a head coach, I went to. Pottstown, which had a ton of speed, and we got a little bit away from the traditional wing T things, and we ran more jet out of the gun and things like that. Uh, the uh, the difficult part about taking the Middletown job was we got hired in July, so we were on short notice, and we basically stuck with what we've done in the past without knowing our personnel very well. So that first year, we, we struggled scoring points, and we went back and decided to really look at what does Middletown provide us every year? And the one thing that, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody in the central Penn area will tell you is Middletown's going to have tough kids. Yep, uh, they're they're going to have guys, they're going to have those guys that are, you know, blue collar wing T guards, wing T fullbacks, linebackers, tight ends, you know? So we said, okay, if we're going to have those type of players, what, what should we run? And talking to Bronson Gantz, who was on staff at the time and was a Mannheim central guy. He talked about the idea of extra H-backs and sniffers or fullbacks up in the line. And we did some research, and we found uh, at that time the best run game in America was Auburn with Gus Malzahn. And, you know, he's a two-back spread, which was wing T origins with an H-back. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough that I got a, a football wife who doesn't mind me taking a vacation every spring. You know, spent four days down in Auburn learning everything I could from them and 
it's amazing because next year the offense took off and you know the next six seven years we we're scoring a lot of points and it was based around uh you know the buck sweep and that that series. That is a great football wife, by the way. That, yeah. What you said yeah. there about football wife—that is a great. That must have been a phenomenal trip. Must yeah, awesome. it was. It's great. And uh, since then, we've tried to take a, a big trip every spring. You know, whether it's Auburn and Texas, Clemson, Alabama. You know, just trying to get in something that relates to the program we're running. And you know, if I ever get back into coaching, we'll get back to doing that again. So take it from yet yeah, you go down to Auburn. Yep. And um. It, Take it from there, and what did you learn down there that kind of springboarded the offense then? So start looking at it, and you start realizing you can be in the gun and spread people out and stick with traditional rules, out, but out of a two-back set. Uh, so the sniffer back, which is the fullback or H-back that's lined up, in, in our case, we we're lining up in the B-gap uh, in between the guard and the tackle. We didn't, We could use him to reach – the defensive end instead of normal traditional wing feet blocking down on him. So you, you get the opportunity to reach him. Well, from there, once you reach him, everybody else goes to traditional wing T rules. You know, the offensive tackles gap down backer. This play side guard is going to pull and kick out the force player. The backside guard is going to pull and wrap looking for the inside linebacker. Uh, our center rule, we had to change a little bit because we didn't have anybody filling anymore. So he had to take the most defend, most dangerous defender in the A-gaps. Uh, backside tackle would scoop and hinge. And, you know, our running backs are still running at 90-degree angles and with their eyes on the flank and cutting up inside the guard kick out. Uh, so with that, it's if other than the H-back reaching the defensive end, everything is no different than Tubby Raymond's buck sweep from the 1970s. Did you have any issues when you first started doing with your center and teaching him? You know, so you're saying if, if kind of he's got both a gaps. Is that yeah. what you're saying there? So yeah. was, how was that teaching? Was that did that take a little time to to for him to kind of recognize where where the most dangerous man could be coming from? Yeah. So it's this. You know, we the only time it really got confusing is if he had two guys in the a gaps. Right. And this is where, you know, like the O-line guy came into me, you know, where I just look at the center and go, block the fastest kid. Well, coach, how do I know which one's the fastest kid? It's not the fat one, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because you got a nose guard in high school. He's right, usually right. the 5'10", 240 kid, and then you got a linebacker that walks in the gap that's 180 pounds. Get the 180-pounder. The other kid isn't going to catch our running backs. <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, so that's really the the inside guys. And then – but we, we started doing some different things with our flex tight end. Uh, you know, we'd flex him four to six yards from the tackle, and he would be blocking down on the inside linebackers. You know, really the key to our buck sweep as we got on, moved on, was we wanted to get as many guys at the point of attack as possible, walling things off from the inside, and let our guard kick out. And then with with the speed that we ended up getting with the Jalen Thompsons, the Brady Fox, the Jose Lopez's, you know, the Tymere Jacksons, people are so worried about getting beat outside that they just over-pursue. And our guy would stick his foot in the ground and he'd be off to the races. Can't be right. Those guys can't be right with the way, exactly the, right. The, way the plays are drawn up. The other thing that's great about it, too, is I feel like you're getting everybody blocked up at the point of attack. You can get you can get an outside backer blocked in a 4-4. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. And Coach, then, and, go, go ahead. ahead. 
Well, that's, that guy's just sometimes you kind of forget about him hanging out out there, and it's just it's 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 tough to block him unless you got a good uh, maybe a slot receiver or a good tight end that can block in space. Well, well yeah, exactly right. Go ahead, coach. You know we we you know if if you stick to your rule that everybody's blocking down the first guy inside of you except for that H back, you can run any formation you want, and you can motion as many guys as you want to those point of attacks because everybody on the team knows your first step is down unless you're the H-back. So every week you throw a different formation in there and now it's going to fit. The run fits are going to come up different. Your force player is going to be different. I mean, one of my favorites is we played Conwell Egan in the Eastern finals and by just throwing unbalances and shifts at them, you could see their guys like standing there looking at each other like, wait, where, who am I, where am I supposed to fit up? And next thing you know, there's people on them. And, you you know, if you, you got a kid like Jose or Tymir or Brady or Jalen, if those guys aren't ready, <laughs> they're not getting stopped. And you for know, your guys, it was just up. the same thing. It was just a yep. different formation that, that the yep. defense was looking at, but but that was yep. all kind of a smoke and mirrors type deal. Exactly and, right. And for your guys, you're, they were com- especially for your front five, they're comfortable yeah. doing what they always do. And the yep. running back, same thing. Exactly. Nothing's changed. Yep. You know, we – we, we would pride ourselves on we never added a new run blocking scheme after the first week of practice. So if we put Buck Sweep in the first day and then we're in week 14, now there's two, sometimes three weeks of preseason. We're 17 weeks into running that same exact play. And now you throw some, like you said, smoke and mirrors at a kid. They haven't seen it all year. They haven't seen it out of that formation or that unbalanced or that shift that they start getting confused and all our guys are feeling really, really comfortable. Yeah, a lot of repetition there. A lot yep. of repetition and getting it in early. And then, yeah, and then it yeah. kind of just runs itself through the rest of the season. Oh, without a doubt. You mentioned something when we were talking about it, how you practiced it and, think, and what, yeah. you did to, what you did to perfect it in practice. Can you, can you talk yeah, about that? Yeah, so once we get into regular season and game week, we, we warm up on Mondays. You know, it's a half-pad practice. It's a game plan practice. You know, we might not even have our JV players there because we might be playing a JV game on Monday at night. Right. So we'll run buck sweep on cones as our warm-up. Okay. And we will have the entire defense in cones, what we expect to see that week, and we'll start out going half speed as our warm-up. So, you know, in this case, it might be buck sweep right out of whatever formation. We run at half speed. Well, we got a script of probably eight plays to the right they're all buck sweeps with different formation shifts or RPOs. And we're just going through a half speed. Once we get through that, we say flip it. We go to the left. We go half speed. Well, then we start picking it up. We go three quarters, and then we go full speed. That's the last time we'll run buck sweep as a team until the day before the game. But we get so many reps in there, and we go half speed, three-quarter speed, and there's so much coaching points why the kids are getting loose that right. – we're getting a ton of reps, but then on Tuesday on our offensive day, it's not as expensive because we're not running in team. Now we're running screens. We're running options. We're running inside zone or counter with RPOs attached, but our kids have already gotten all the buck sweep reps they need because it might be 16 to 18 times they ran buck sweep on Monday. Will you do anything in like an inside drill where there's no, there are no receivers out there? Yeah, no. Our, when we go inside run, it's all gap schemes or inside zone. Okay. That's so we now, when we go individual time, now we were blessed at Middletown. 
We had a ton of coaches. The district was great supporting us. So we had a center and guards coach, a tackle coach, and a tight end coach. All right. So we could break up, and they could do individual skill work, working on their pull techniques or their down blocks or extended reaches or our tight ends as flex getting down on linebackers. But, you know, because of the coaches, we could break it up and we could get a lot of reps quick. You know, but we would never – those five guys would never come back together again until Thursday and run buck sweep. Any play – do you guys do any play action off the – Yeah, we'd yeah, we run old – well, it, old school concepts of waggle. That's what who, I was going to ask you about, a waggle. You know, you know, so, you know, a long time ago, Rocky Reese, you know, Shippensburg's old wing tee coach, he ran a waggle that was really – a boot that was really interesting – that he broke the field down in the thirds. Okay. And your route was based on where you were lined up in your formation. Play side outside, backside outside, backside inside, or play side inside. Okay. That play makes side it easy. inside. Yeah, the play side inside, no matter what formation you play, you're in the flats. Backside inside, you're responsible for the middle third. If there's a safety closing off the middle third, you know, closed, cover three or cover one, you're dragging. If the middle of the field's open, you're running for the goalpost. So it was, you know, an option read there. And then the backside outside was responsible for outside third. So you with could, the idea, go ahead. So you could do this even in if you're in like a, a different kind of formation, exotic yep. formations, you could yep. still teach this pretty easily yep. if you yep. know those rules. If your players yeah, and exactly your right. know those rules. Yep, everybody's got to understand who, where they line up. Are, am I inside or am I outside? And what are the rules? So – if we're in a two-by-two two spread look, the the slot receiver knows, oh, I'm the play side inside. I'm in the flats. Well, I'm already lined up here. So I'm just going to do a standstill. Okay. You know, and, and they know that. And we work on that all camp. Well, the part that gets good is when you got like a Tajay Brody in that sniffer spot and you and he gets lined up on the backside inside. Even, you know, being 6'4 and 250, he, you, you lose him. Yeah, right. With all the other actions, yeah. and now he's running down the middle of the field in a too high safety, you know, shell look. You know, that's brutal. You know, so there's some good, exciting things there that we, we did. And, again, like everything we did, we stole it, whether it was at Auburn or that concept that we got from Rocky Reese or Bill Zwan at Westchester. You know, everything was, you know, from the college level, us spending a lot of time, any chance we got, sitting down with coaches and trying to learn the concepts and, and how to teach it better. Yeah, that's how I, that, that's my going through it. That's my experience with the Buck Sweep. When I was in high school, I played against uh, Mike Dungai, was the head coach yep. at Middletown at that time. He yep. ran it. Um, Chuck Teninis at Greencastle, they yep. ran it there. Right? And I played against those guys when I was in high school. And then when I was in college, um, a lot of teams in the then Middle Atlantic Conference ran it. Juniata ran it. and uh, but, but Widener, man, they prefer Bill Zwan was the head coach yeah. at Widener yep. at the time. And man, they had two, and they ran it from a spread type formation. I had never seen yeah. that before. And 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 to me, like playing an outside back or strong safety, it was crazy how quick those guys got to the edge. And, and you know, they you, you had a guard on you too. Yeah. You know, if you try to cut things off, and they'd come right inside of you, and, and, and you know, ball game there, you over pursued it. And then you know, I, as I started coaching early on in my coaching days, I would see it, but it kind of faded away. And then I yeah. come back to the high school game, and and everybody's running it 
I yeah. shouldn't say everybody. A lot of teams, a lot of teams that we played against, they're running it now, like around yeah. here. And at first, I was a little skeptical, but man, uh, the, the more and more I saw it, I, I thought to myself, "This is a great football play," and it really yeah. is it, because of what you talked about with the running backs. You know, they can, yeah. they can cut things back. They can try to get the edge, mm-hmm. and you get you can ev- get everybody blocked at the point of attack. I just think it's a great play. Yeah, and you know, as as things evolve. And, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of good names there. As, as we spend time with some of those people, we weren't learning stuff off YouTube. We, right. were, we, were, we were going to sit in their office for a day or two, and not only learning the X's and O's, but learning how they taught it. You know, and that goes back to what I talked about with, like, Rocky Reese. But even Bill Zwan, you know, he opened the door to us, and we spent two days when he was down at Westchester, and it was a house that they considered a football office, <laughs> yeah. just grinding away, asking a million questions. and. You know, a lot of his concepts we still run today in different forms, you know, and that was probably 15 years ago now, you know, but we learned how to teach it from guys that are really, really good teachers. We're getting in the weeds here because uh, yeah. you're bringing up some stuff. You're touching on some points that I think are very important, important that kind of get missed by a lot of coaching staffs, especially young coaches. There, There's no question about it. When it comes to coaching football, the devil is in the details. Yeah. It's all about the details. And I, I, you know, I had some, I had some mentors as I was going through, through coaching that kind of, they, they showed me that by example. And at yeah. first I thought these old guys were kind of mundane and, and, yeah. you know, kind of boring the way they could, but man, yeah. they were so detailed that their players knew exactly what to do in any kind of situation. Yeah, so well, I learned yeah, from that. Guys. But what you're bringing up about staff visits, taking, taking yeah. a staff and, and visiting another staff and kind of honkering down for a couple of days. I know it still goes on, but I, I don't think it goes on as much as, as it used to go on. And, and that's where you learn the details. Like yeah, you said, that's how you learn to install it. That's how you learn the finer points. What do you, what do, you do against certain fronts? What do you do against the blitz? Different mm-hmm. looks, things like that. So that's a, that's a great thing to take away. If any, you know, if, it, if, if you don't run a buck sweep, you don't plan on running buck sweep, and you're listening to this, a staff visit is something you can take away from this show. It's a great point, Coach. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, in you know recent years, we'd we'd go to Penn State just to look at the RPOs that they were running, uh, and we'd spend all day in their offensive rooms asking questions, and then we'd take those those you know pop passes or now screens or access or the H back slipping into the flats for you know RPO maybe a screen off of inside zone. And we'd say, okay, if we're not running that, how can we put this together? And we'd ask those questions. Like, hey, how do we do this with Buck Sweep? And they'd get excited because they'd say, <laughs> man, everybody reads the guards. Like those linebackers are going to fly. Run a replacement route right there. And they start drawing stuff on the board. Man, if we did this, we would do this. And, you know, these guys that are get paid for a living to do this, it's, it's really, really fun and really interesting to hear, you know, when people get into that. So, you know, by the end of it, we'd run 10 unbalances at the end of the season in one game, we'd have an RPO that we read the backside outside linebacker, the play side inside linebacker, and the backside inside linebacker going to every game. So if we couldn't block somebody with all those unbalances and motions and shifts, we go, okay, well, how does our line still run buck sweep? And we can take care of that linebacker that's just too good for us to block. And then we just add the RPO to it. 
the the uh, the staff going back to the the staff visit and and yep. what you're talking about. I mean, it doesn't you don't even have to go. It doesn't have to be a far away trip. You don't no. have to go to Auburn or Texas. There are so no. many great resources around here. Penn State's a great resource, but I mean, yeah. you got a great program. You got Towson. They were on the national yeah. scene for a while. You got University of Delaware. You talked about Tubby Raymond. Yeah. But I mean, they're they're doing some good things. Villanova's having a great season this year. And, yeah. I mean, there's so many places within driving distance where you can go and just talk. And there are so many coaches too. And you know, you would know this as a, as as an administrator and as a, a head coach. There are so many coaches that have to deal with so much stuff outside. Of, you know, it's it's football stuff, but it's not really football. It's dealing yeah. with a parent or an administrative thing. The yeah. coaches want to talk football. They miss talking football. Yeah. So so any chance they have to talk football, they want to do that. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask, and, and some coaches might actually be excited for a staff to come visit. No, without a doubt. And like you said, there's so many people that do so many good things that even when it doesn't necessarily match exactly what you're doing, yeah. you can take stuff away and take, you know, some game planning things, you know, questions about what led you to do this? What, what led to a sluggo? instead of the RPO. Well, this guy was playing it flat-footed, so we thought we'd just go a little run action and throw a slug over the top, and it opens up, and you say, well, man, I never thought of that, you know, because, again, these guys are professionals. Right. They do a lot. You might take something away that's totally new, and like you said, there's so many people, especially in the PSAC. we got such great resources right here with guys that want to talk ball and want to help high school coaches because so many of them were high school coaches to start. Yeah, I didn't mention any of the PSAC schools, but but, yeah. but man, what what great football we got there in the yeah. PSAC. Uh, great football. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good Division three programs around here, too. Yeah. And, and same deal with them. It's football all day for them. They're full-time coaches, so they're studying it. They're watching a ton a ton of film. So and they, can, and they can experiment with things that, that maybe necessarily high school doesn't have the time to experiment with. They've done it before. No doubt about exactly it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, Coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get going here. Coach and I are doing this. It's kind of getting, uh, you know, for me, this is the wee hours. I know it's not that yeah. late, Coach, but, I mean, we're getting to the it's, – it's, it's nighttime here, so we're going to wrap things up. But, Coach, this was awesome. I appreciate you coming on here. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll make the pitch for you for – you know, I've, I've been saying this to other people too, but but I'd love to have you come back on again. Maybe we can kind of pick up, pick apart another play or, or maybe we talk defense, whatever it is. Yep. Talk about something different next time, but I appreciate your time, Coach. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Coach. It was an honor, and uh, I really enjoyed talking a little bit of it. And, you know, whatever you guys want to talk, we'll, we'll, we'll get some time together and get it done. Sounds good, Coach. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. On Saturday, December 18th, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., Cost Camps is presenting a combine for college recruiters, college football recruiters, we will have Coach Brian Bingaman. He was a guest earlier on the podcast. He was on the show, and, and he we, we touched on speed and, and what it takes to, to do some things speed-wise. But he's going to have some some drills and methods, techniques, in order to help in, improve speed mixed into the different combine testing that we're going to do. So come on out. It's sixty dollars a player. If you if there's if there's fifty excuse me if there's five or more players that come from a team, then it's only going to be fifty dollars per player for that team. Again, that's Saturday, it's Saturday morning, December eighteenth, nine a.m. to eleven a.m. in the Net Sports Complex, Palmyra, Pennsylvania. Hope to see you there. Thanks, coaches.